This is the Debbie Royale with your hosts, Kevin Coleman, Jeff Bell, and Christian Williams. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Devi Royale, and we are excited today. We're going to be talking about 2024 wide receivers, and we're going to dive into this class, which I think is kind of murky. Uh, a lot of a lot of unknowns about this class because not a lot of production, to be quite honest, with this class. And so we're going to dive into our top seven, talk about some sleeper guys, guys that we're not going to get to in, in full detail, but the guys that we want to mention. Uh, but before we do that, we definitely want to talk about all 22. It's coming up close. Uh, hey, you know, camps are starting uh, in the next two weeks. I mean, we're going to get close to this. I'm going to be going down to Oxnard Cowboy Camp. And All-22 is a new type of league, fantasy league. You get 40% off to join it. Use promo code TDR22. TDR22, you get 40% off. And it's a full 11, 11 man on both sides of the ball fantasy league and it's a lot of fun um it's i'm excited to get started which is coming up pretty soon our draft uh and we know tdr leagues are out there we're going to be doing some fun stuff some promotional stuff so tdr 22 40 off for all 22 uh and you know I, I i can't express how how fun this is if you like madden like christian talks about this is a league for you uh we know that we've got a lot of you guys to sign up so we appreciate that yeah um you know i i'm I'm excited. I feel like, you know, it's going to take me a long time to figure out my draft strategy because we haven't done a draft yet. And, you know, I've been a lot of leagues have been drafting. If you sign up today and you get enough buddies to do it, you could draft today. Like everything's live and everything. So um, if you do that and you want to kind of introduce your friend group, your current fantasy leagues to something like this, uh, we would recommend it. It looks like a lot of fun, but I am terrified for the draft because I feel (laughs) like, uh, there are certain strategies that are going to be the winning strategy and I don't know what those are just yet, but uh, we will, you know, as we're sifting through our drafts, we'll give some advice on this as well. Um, and you can always hit us up uh, on Twitter and whatnot and ask us questions about it. Cause we're pumped for it. So, yeah, no, we're excited about it. So, you know, get in there and uh, we'll, we'll tell you how our goes. We'll probably talk about it on a special episode and, and kind of cover it. Probably go through the draft, actually. Uh, but let's get into the news a little bit. I do want to talk about a couple of things real quick. And I know Christian put something in there too. Are we overrating wide receiver Tyler Harrell um, from Alabama? Uh, obviously, he transferred from Louisville. And the only reason why I do this, and we've done some mocks recently, and I've been in some drafts, especially some C2C drafts. And I know it's a little different than Debbie, but people are really, really high on this kid. And we talked about him when we did our 23 wide receiver episode, and we said, hey, you know, be hesitant with what you have here. I mean, he had an okay year last year, 500 yards, six touchdowns. I know he only had 18 interceptions, so he's a big play guy. But I saw an article say that he's going to be the next Jamison Williams. And I think we need to be careful with that kind of talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't even expect that he's going to start for them this year. I, I think ultimately it's going to be Burton, uh, a guy that we're going to talk about tonight, Ja'Cory Brooks. And I think the slot receiver I don't think Harold's starting at slot. I, I think it's probably going to be JoJo Earl. Christian Leary is probably going to rotate in at Z as well. So it, it's going to be a, a struggle for Harold to even get snaps. I think ultimately he's going to be used as a gunner and he's going to be used as a punt returner and a big play guy like yeah. that because that's what they – I mean, Alabama didn't need wide receivers. They needed just speed guys and, and guys to come kind of challenge the wide receiver room. But 
with how highly we think of the Alabama wide receiver room all the time, it's uh, worth noting that I think they're going to take a, a step forward. I think, you know, all those guys that haven't done so yet. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm, I couldn't be more out on where Harold's going, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I just think based on where he's going, I think we need to be careful with that. I think that he is a big play guy, but I don't see him being Jamison Williams. When I read that, I kind of took a step back. because I'm saying, hey, Jamison Williams was a Heisman candidate. He should have been a Heisman candidate last year. I mean, he was that good. Um, Harold's not that. Harold's more of a specialty piece that you see on that offense. Like, I think, you know, be careful with those kind of talk. Um, let's go to the big 12 pack 12. They're done negotiating a partnership. It's done. Um, I, the biggest thing is the biggest holdup was the media rights. They said that the media rights di- expired at different times and they couldn't figure out a merger. So what does this mean for both of these conferences, Christian, <laughs> man, I don't know. I, you know, I've, I feel like things moved so quickly before and now everyone's kind of in a stalemate. So I think, uh, ultimately we're not going to see a whole lot of movement from conferences. I think we talked at length about what the ACC is The PAC 12 and the big 12 just don't have any draw at this point. And we talked about Oregon and how they're going to be the, the last man standing and, and out there and, Ultimately, they don't want to be that. They want to join something else as well. I think the conferences are trying to make moves so they prevent a a mass exodus, but I just don't see how they can prevent that at this point. It's just, it is what it is, right? No, and, and and to the point, too, like some of these conferences are just not going to they're going to stop adding people because there's no value in it. Like media markets, all that stuff, like at a certain point, what is the value of adding Arizona? Like, what is the value of Arizona State? So, like, Washington State, those kind of schools, like, you'll they'll travel to USC because there's value in that. Are you going to travel to Pullman? I'm not traveling to Pullman. I live on the West Coast. Like, there's things that I think value there. I just think that the Pac-12 is dying. I think we're going to see the death of the Pac-12 because as soon as Oregon leaves, it's over. Like, I don't – it's over. They, they're done. Like, the, based on who they have left in that conference, I don't think it's going to be there. And – this this kind of negotiation falling apart. I think the Big 12 knows that. I think they're going to come after their guys. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. What is the Big 12 trying to be? Because, I mean, I feel the American. like... American. The American. That's what they're trying to be. I mean, really, that's, that's best-case scenario at this point. Yeah. And I think it would be smarter for the Big 12 to engage with the ACC about doing this. Um, and whether the TV rights, whether they merge or not, like, cause geographically that doesn't make much sense, but I think, uh, you know, the, the talks of, you know, doing their own little championship and then, you know, that whole thing, I don't know. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I just feel, I feel kind of bad for those schools that kind of got left in the dust, but also that was the advantage of working quickly and, and making bigger moves. I, I think we'll still see a couple moves that like SEC and Big Ten will probably keep adding. So, yeah, I mean they're gonna add, they're gonna do those things, but um, we'll see, we'll see. We've been talking about this in nauseum now, so let's go to the wide receiver class. And when we're looking at the wide receiver class as a whole, you know, just looking over the rankings today, even my rankings, like the difference between like wide receiver two, even wide receiver two for me, and wide receiver twos, 13, 12, There's not that big of a gap. Like when I'm looking at tiers wise. Like, I don't see a huge gap. The only gap that I see right now, just based on how he played last year, was Xavier Worthy. So Xavier Worthy is probably our, you know, a consensus wide receiver one. He's actually our consensus wide receiver three overall, which 
I, based on the year that he had and and his potential, you know, just seeing what he can do, I think that's I think that's fair. Twelve games last year, sixty-two receptions, nine hundred eighty-one yards, and twelve touchdowns. Really, really bad quarterback play. Hudson Card, these guys that were out there just did not. Casey Thompson, they did not play well last year, but he was still able to overcome that. I have a hard time talking about Xavier Worthy because he's he should be at Michigan, but I'm glad he's not because we would have ruined him. But you look at what he is able to do, extend plays, do these types of things. I think the knock on Xavier is his size. 6'1", 160 is what he's listed at. I mean, and that's listed. So we're talking like, hey, he could be smaller than that. I think he plays a little bigger than what you would expect from his position there. Um, but I like, I, it's fun to watch Xavier. I like what he is. He's still got some improvement to do. Okay. There's some things that you would like to see work on, but I think the quarterback play being so much better than it is. I think we're going to see that. What do you see in Xavier? A lot of the same things, honestly, you know, you mentioned that he plays bigger than 160. There is no doubt about that. He actually yeah. has some really good play strength. I think that he actually bounces off of tackles pretty well now of course that's big 12 tackling but the big 12 has had a few good defenses here in the last couple of years so um <laughs> i guess we'll see when they make it to the sec right i mean once they, yes. they start playing over there we'll see how he holds up but i would like to see him add 20 more pounds and i just don't think that that's going to happen so we're going to be looking at like a Devonte smith uh bmi folks are going to fade him but he is a really good player he's an advanced or outrunner already uh, I think that he does have really good athleticism and, and that allows him to be good in yards after catch situations. I think he's got a really good feel for for those situations and that like he is a, a really good ball carrier uh, when he has the ball too. So I think that, uh, you know, he goes up and gets it. He's got a large frame. I think, he, you know, his catch radius is, is much larger than what you would expect. So, I'm excited to see what he can do with Ewers. I, I think that he's in for an even bigger year. But I will say, bad quarterback play often helps the wide receiver one because that's bad processing sometimes, and then they lock onto their first read, and Worthy's always going to be open. Well, if Ewers is actually advanced in those aspects, there's a chance that maybe he doesn't find a, a super big favorite target, and Worthy's volume comes down a little bit. So I think it's worth noting that he might have a better year, but like on a target share basis, we might not see as large of a gap between him and the the two in Texas. Yeah, no, and I think to to your point, what I was going to mention with him is you got Isaiah Neor there, obviously now transfer kid. Uh, Jordan Whittington's going to be there. He's coming back, and he's supposed to be healthy. Then you have Ajay Hall, right? So what is Hall going to look like there? I mean, hopefully he can actually get on the field. So you are going to see him battle that target share. So you're going to see kind of that, okay, can he kind of overcome that? But based on just talent alone, I think he's a clear tier above these other guys just based on production, what he was able to do. Um, I think he fits. I think he can play inside and out as well, like versatile kind of area there, like you said, too, good runner. Like there's really – I don't see any weakness besides his size, like where you look at, okay, will that be able to translate? But I think he'll get that size on. Like I think that he'll be okay in terms of just NFL-wise. He'll go up there. If he doesn't, analytics he's going to absolutely – about that like that's gonna be one of those things but that's okay yeah. no the early breakout dude they care more about that I feel oh, that's like, true so. that's fair it, that's fair it's gotta be it's gonna be tough tough sledding for them 
Yeah, that's going to be, oh man, people are going to start telling on themselves there. But no, when you're looking at these things, like I like Xavier, I think, but when you look at him, I think he's a clear tier above other guys. Now, where's he going in Debbie drafts? I mean, we just did a mock. He's at 108. He was wide receiver two off the board behind Jackson Smith, the Jigba. So people actually drafted him or no wide receiver three after Jordan Addison and JSN. He actually got drafted before Kayshawn Boutet. So would you do that? Would you take him before Boutet? I I don't think I would no. I mean it's okay. close. Um, it's close, but I think I Butte is still my one overall. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. But, that, but here's the, that like was, in C two C, like in C two C, I get it because you're getting multiple years of college yeah. production before. But there's just so much more risk. I mean, there's risk with Butte too. So I, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I I think it would be a. I'm going to take a running back instead, probably. I wouldn't take Jordan Addison ahead of Xavier Worthy, and he did. He went ahead of him, so I, I would stay away from that. But no, I think to us, Xavier's are, 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 are you know he's our wide receiver three of overall, so we're really high on this kid. Um, now it gets to the point where it gets a little fun. So after one, we get into this argument of like, okay, so a lot of these guys didn't see a high level of production, two through seven that we're going to talk about tonight, but we're basing on talent, right? We're going to be basing this on talent overall and, and projection. Is that what we're going to kind of do here? And I think we can miss on this a little bit. Now, JSN is someone that we projected last year and I talked about, and I said, Hey, he didn't have what one catch 11 yards and a touchdown or something like that. And then he popped off. Now he's consensus wide receiver one. Um, so we see this, we've seen this happen. Who our wide receiver two is consensus wise is Marvin Harrison jr. He had four games. He had 11 receptions, 139 yards, and three touchdowns. So when we talk about, you know, and most of that came in that last game against Utah, he had the three touchdowns um, because obviously Alave and Wilson didn't play. So Marvin Harrison is out there, and I think Harrison is a little overvalued because I think it's not that I, I don't like him as a player, but he goes pretty early in some Debbie drafts. And we're looking at that. I mean, the reason why we did late second, don't hate it, but I've seen him go as early as like 112, 201 in some Debbie drafts. And that's a really high projection. I know he's good, but are we comfortable taking it? I think that's the biggest question. mark. Yeah. And it's important to note that this is, this is the most projection I think, because we really yeah. did not see a whole lot from him. Um, but I think the positive thing is he came into school and he's already added 15 pounds in a year of being in the program. And so you're looking at the frame and you're saying, well, that's a clear wide receiver one. And that's a guy that can withstand a high target share, uh, high target volume. And I think that it's also going to allow him to, you know, be the player that I think he is best suited as. I think at his former size, he was going to be a smaller he was, he was going to be a small receiver. I mean, he was thin, uh, and now he's bulked up. Uh, we've seen a lot of workout videos from him, and and he's kind of, uh, uh, you know, there's one, I think he was tossing, he had a jugs machine uh, launching balls to him, and, and he was looking ripped and stuff. So where I think, you know, the, the name recognition, school recognition, and also the production is going to be there. I, I would guess that he's going to be the wide receiver too, this yeah. year, I think that there's a chance that that's still another guy that we talk about because I think he's pretty damn good too. And he was the higher recruit uh, coming out. So, um, but Harrison's Harrison's good. And I think, you know, when you learn from your dad, I, I, I think yes. that's a pretty good thing because he was a pretty damn good receiver. So, 
I think the, the dad thing's real. Like, and also the footwork. I love his footwork. If you watch it on it's, YouTube right now. Yeah, just, it's so nice. I mean, that's where I think it separates himself a little bit. Like from the tape and you're saying like, man, he creates separation really well. You always see him open, even in the garbage minutes that he had last year at certain times. Like, but in the Rose Bowl, he stepped up, right? So when we're talking about projections, we're talking about, hey, he stepped up in the biggest moments. He had three touchdowns. He looked good in that game. And he's going to be in the best offense in the, in the Big Ten. I mean, the only thing you'd be worried about is the blowing teams out so much that he's not going to be out there, but because he's young, they're going to put him out there. They won't put out. He'll be the wide receiver one, but JS in there. And in a, a, you know, a Mecca will be there as well. Um, Egbuka, but you know, I like Harrison. I just, I worry if you're getting too, he could be that burn that he burn you just because you draft him in the first round. And then maybe he, you know, Agbuka's kind of steps up and then he's the wide receiver three in Ohio state, which we've seen these guys doesn't really matter what wide receiver one, two or three, they're going to get drafted. So I do think built into his value is Ohio state wide receivers and pedigree and draft capital. Yeah. I think the, the main concern with where his value currently sits is him being the three on that team and him being the the third option in that room this year, or even fourth, if you count Travion, who I think is going to get quite a few receptions. So, um, but good player. And, and (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about Ohio state constantly. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, we're going to have to, because they have every freaking good player. Uh, All right. So let's go to our next guy that we really like. Uh, and that's your Corey Brooks uh, from Alabama, a guy that I was pretty high on last year talking about him. Six games last year, kind of came on towards the end. 15 receptions, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, looked pretty good throughout the season. Really did special teams. You're going to see some kickoff return and stuff like that. But he was able to kind of separate himself on a team that really needs wide receiver help. Now that Hall left, we're talking about him. Tyler Harrell, we talked about the beginning of the show. He'll be there. You know, we're, based on their roster, Burton and him seem to be kind of the guys, like in my opinion. So Brooks could have a better productive year than Marvin. I think they're both in good offenses, so we're talking about these guys. I think these two guys are going to be very interchangeable, but also I think Brooks is a little cheaper right now compared to Marvin Harrison. So if you were looking at where you were going to go with your Debbie pick, I think that could be it. Like Brooks went in the early third of a recent mock we did, whereas Harrison went in the you know early mid second. So that's kind of comparative value there. But I'm a big fan of Brooks. I think he goes in inside and out. He was a very good high school player as well. Um, he has that special teams ability. He has that speed on the outside. I think his catch radius, but also his eye discipline, his ability to just catch the ball, I think is, is bar none. If you look at that Auburn game, um, some of the things that he was able to do there, uh, we haven't seen a lot from him, but I think he could be excellent. And I think that him and Young having that connection down the stretch last year is going to help him going into this season. Yeah, and and you know, you and I are still believers in um, you know Trayshawn Holden I, yeah. and Christian Larry. Yeah, I mean this this room still has talent, folks. I mean, I think that's where like I I would bet on Harrison actually having a, a better statistical year, but I think. When I'm looking at the size-speed combination of, of what Brooks can be, I just get really excited. I, I think it's a different type of wide receiver. I will say, you know, I think that usage is going to be important because I think he's going to profile as their starting X wide receiver. Um, and, and I think that he's going to be capable of doing that, but I'm curious to see how often that's used. Because we saw Jamison last year. He he played a little bit of X, but he was off in the Z uh, with yeah. Mechie kind of man in the X. And so um, I'm curious to see what that looks like. But his ball tracking ability is fantastic as well. Uh, I think we saw that quite a few times, and that's really going to help Bryce 
uh, when he's taking deep shots. I hope they expand his route tree a little bit. Obviously, you know, a lot of these guys we didn't see a whole lot. Maybe the route trees are good and they just weren't used in those ways and, and they're going to be able to expand that. But you do want to see more film on those things before you're fully confident in a player. That's something that I, I think we will see this year with Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah, no, I think that he could be like, I, I hate I hate saying next Jameson, but he could be that guy that we're talking about, like over the top. I think that he can also create that separation. I think Burton helps, right? Having Burton on the outside, especially for him. Um, they're going to scheme him, though. They, they were scheming him last year when he was still learning the position and still trying to learn how to play football. And, and that that's the case. I do think that I struggle. Everybody on the show knows I struggle with Sark. I think Sark's not, or not Sark, excuse me, the other idiot. Um, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is not a very good play caller. Um, Sark is way better than Bill O'Brien ever was. Uh, Bill O'Brien struggles in the red zone. He struggles getting those guys, but he does kind of, he has a good ability to get, a, a pretty good ability to get his players the ball, especially his wide receivers and scheming right. Um, so you'll see that on wide receiver screens. I think Brooks has underrated speed as well. Like when you watch him play, I do think that it doesn't really pop off because I think he's bigger and he has that big size and that big frame, but he can do it compared to Harrison as well. Those guys are going to be interchangeable. I, I, I would, that'd be a fun bet to see who would have a more productive year between those guys. I think it's going to be close than people think I would lean Harrison just because SEC defenses are way better. So when we're talking about the Big Ten, um, you know, you're playing Indiana and Rutgers and these guys. But I do think that Jacory could have a pretty close, close productive year. Yeah, I, I think too. Part of the reason I think that Harrison gets the nod for me is because um, I think Burton's going to have a fantastic year. I think Burton uh, yeah. is going to be the wide receiver one immediately for them. People. People get really hung up on Burton's film last year. The, we, we've talked about Burton, but I, you, you can't get too hung up on that Georgia offense, guys. When, when you go back and look at his freshman film, I think that we're going to see a lot more of that. And he had things to work on, but he's you know two years older now, and I think that being in an Alabama wide receiver room with a good coach is going to be important. I think that's also going to help Brooks. So I <laughs> Bryce Young's throwing for 5,000 yards this year, so it doesn't matter. He's probably getting 5,000. He is 100% throwing for 5,000 yards. Um, and and so and so Stroud, like they're both going to be there. Like they're gonna they're gonna tear it up in the in there. Um, all right, well let's just you know let's just stay with Ohio State, I guess. Uh, so we're gonna go back to Ohio State's wide receiver room, best wide receiver room in the country, if we're being honest. Um, and we have Emeka Igbuka. So 6-1-205. He only played four games last year. Nine receptions, 191 yards. He had no touchdowns. Um, didn't really get to play a lot. So when we thought we think of Emeka, he didn't really get to come out there. He really played on special teams as well. So when you're looking at Emeka, he really was their primary kickoff returner for a while. That's really where he made his mark. He's our consensus nine wide receiver nine of the class. So again, we're, we're talking about projection. So consensus nine of overall. So I have a heart. I like Emeka a lot. Like I, I really think that he could be good, um, but he's not a speed guy. He's a slot guy. And so I do think that when we're looking at, you know, how well he's going to be doing on the outside. I don't think he's that type of receiver. So is he good enough like a lot of these guys to separate himself and get first round draft capital when we draft him? I think that's my biggest question mark for Emeka. I have no bigger question heading into this season than what this wide receiver room is going to be comprised of. Because if you watch a Buka run, you say, oh, you want to get him the ball because he's going to break tackles like a freaking madman. And when he has the ball in his hands, he's lethal. 
you're right that he's a slot receiver. I think that it would be good to see him um, or to see Jackson Smith and Jigba with some outside snaps. I think that that is the big question mark that he has heading into the draft next year. And I think that that's what could separate him as the first overall uh, or first wide receiver off the board next year. And so I think that he's probably vying for that, even though his best role is in the slot. But I think what that could do is open up uh, a little bit more for Ibuka to get on the field and, you know, be a playmaker. They, this Ohio State offense is full of playmakers. I can argue I can argue that Egbuka could actually be the best playmaker of the three starters this year, just with how he runs uh, with the ball in his hand. So really good player. I think that he does have downfield skills as well, but I think really what you're looking at is he's got short area burst and, and good footwork that allows him to separate. And then once he has the ball, he's, he's lethal. So. He fits this profile, right? He, he And there was a reason why he was, a, I think he was the number one wide receiver coming out of high school. Yeah. Like there's a reason why he did that elite body control really for me when I watch him play, like you, like you talked about, like he has that ability and he can create separation. It's not, it's not there yet perfectly, but you know, when you look at kind of where he's at physically, physically and what he's able to do, I think Heartline's done a good job with them. And you saw him kind of develop there. And again, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Heartline and Ohio state. Like, like when I'm looking at a receiver and can they improve? Yes. Cause they work. And then the one thing that uh, Heartline talked about Alave and just talk about Alave real quick is he said, Hey, you know what? Alave got it in there and he wasn't the best and he worked his ass off and he worked his ass off and he, and he got better in the weight room and he worked and he worked, he worked. And when I was listening to a, a podcast with, with Heartline, he was talking about how much Ameka works. And he's like, man, he reminds me of Alave. Just the way he kind of gets in there. He does those type of things. He works, he listens, he soaks it up. He was in every wide receiver room meeting, all those type of things. So when you hear that, that gets you excited about him because he's the cheapest. And you're like, okay, if I can go grab him and he could be that slot guy and he still produces, then you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll take that value, right? That's kind of how I look at him here. Like I wanted to see where he went. Um, in our draft, yeah, he went late second um, by a guy, Mike Caps. He's really he's one of the Debbie Debbie supporters for us, but he's smart. Like he knows who he's grabbing there. Like I think Emeka is going later than Brooks in most in some drafts, and so if that's the case, and I'm going to take Emeka because I think that he could have that value to pop up. For sure, and and one thing I start to look for, or I have recently started to look for, is a, a five star receiver that isn't a fantastic athlete. Because I, I know that 24-7 puts a heavy, heavy weight on athleticism because that often indicates what, if you're going to be an NFL player and they're, they want their five stars to make the NFL, right? Well, yeah. I think I think Ibuka is a good athlete, but normally your five stars are your elite athletes. He's not that, which means that he is so good in other areas that I think that, um, you know, that's how, how it popped on film in, in high school at least. So, um and I think with the Ohio State receivers, I think they're all going to run four threes or four fours always. <laughs> and it really doesn't matter. So, well, uh, I know they highlighted him in high school with his ability to basically work through double teams, 
and just destroy everybody, catch everything, do those type of things. And you see that you saw that last year, a little bit in that last couple of games that you saw, you saw him kind of beat double teams and you know what he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to beat double teams. You know why? Cause he's going to have Marvin Harrison jr. And just in on the outside. So you're going to get one-on-one with the Mecca and he's going to have mismatches all over the field this year. Like you could see him out targeting these other guys, just be based on the mismatches because I know Stroud's smart enough to be like, Hey, I know where a Mecca's at on the field. He's going to create separation and no one, no linebacker is going to be able to guard him. A safety is not going to be able to guard him because they're too small. They're not going to be able to handle his physicality. So when you're looking at based from a scheme perspective and just like, Hey, where are we going to get the ball to? Yeah. They'll get it to JS and these other guys. And, and you also know that these guys all, always play bracket coverage and always play back in Ohio state wide receivers because they don't want to get beat deep. You're still going to see a Mecca be able to come, come across the middle and do those type of things. He's so versatile that he could, he could lead some games where you're like, damn, he had 12 targets this game, but damn, he had eight catches. And like, that's kind of the consistency with you're going to see with a Mecca. I think it's worth noting too, that if he is primarily in the slot, we just saw what the slot receiver for Ohio state does yeah. in this offense. And, and of course, touchdowns, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, touchdowns gets a lot of volume and, and maybe the volume was just JSN is so good. And there's certainly that, that reality, but it could also be a product of the scheme. Maybe they want to use their slot receiver in that yeah. way. And so whoever is in that role is going to get peppered with targets. And that's worth noting that if that's a Buka this year, we're going to see a, big boost in value let's talk about a kid next uh number five for us and i have a hard time with him i don't know how christian is here i'm i struggle with this kid it's mario williams from usc 59186 11 games last year for oklahoma he transferred to usc here in the after his coach lincoln riley went to usc uh 35 receptions 380 yards and four touchdowns he's our consensus 12 overall for the wide receiver position uh, he, he's going to be playing in an offense. He knows, right? So when we're talking about kind of what he does, uh, he had a, a, not a great year last year. I don't think he got schemed very well. There is rumblings that he was unhappy with the offense, which makes you confused of why he went to USC. Like, I don't know, like you're, you're unhappy with your head coach, your scheme and everything. Maybe he had a good relationship with Caleb and Caleb said he's there. I know he scored a couple touches touchdowns in the spring game, but when you watch him on tape, I, I just don't think they schemed him very well. Like, I think he's a good receiver. I think he's pretty solid um, inside and out. I think he has good yak ability when he gets the ball and you'll see it on tape. He can, he can definitely create separation and have that. I just don't his size. He has some drops. He, he was unhappy. He's in a new system. There's going to be some competition for targets at USC. They have like 27 wide receivers. If you look at their depth chart, like I, I like him. I like him. I just, where is he going to be now with Addison there too? Like there are some question marks I have with where he's at. That's why I feel like five is a good spot for him based on these guys. Like, would you say there's a good tier break after a Mecca or would you put him in that same tier with those guys? Oh no, the tier break is definitely after a Mecca okay. for me. With him, I, I think you're just, you know, he's a really fluid athlete. He's really, really fast too. But I mean, when you're, uh, yeah, I talked about with Brooks, his size speed combo, there's no size here. So he needs to be fast and he is. So that's good. Like check, check that box. But I also don't think that he's super explosive off the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's maybe why, and maybe it was the unhappiness. Maybe, um, you know, maybe that he, he just wasn't as engaged when they were playing last year. But that's a problem too. I mean, you're a true freshman. You should be going out there and battling every snap. Um, yeah, I just I, I struggle with him as well. I think that he can be deadly with the ball in his hands, and I think that you know a, a Rondale Moore type of scheme would actually be kind of nice for him. Get the ball in his hands and let him just run in space. Uh, the next Debo Samuel. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, he's not big enough to do things like that. So uh, 
you know, I'd like to see what happens this year because I I don't think that it's a guarantee that he plays over guys like Gary Bryant even because I think that a lot of those guys are actually better receivers than him now. And so we're waiting for production. Where he's going in drafts doesn't make much sense if we're waiting for production. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it on the field this year before I feel confident in this. I've debated bumping him a couple of spots because of it. I know. Like when I look at my rankings, I'm just like, ah, you know, he, even in our in our mock that we're doing right now, he still hasn't been drafted in, the fir- in five rounds. We're through five, almost about through five, um, and he still hasn't gone yet. I don't know if that's an oversight or not, um, but I took Bo Collins ahead of him. Like when I was looking at you know the rankings um, in terms of where I was at, uh, and I think it's that Addison right that bump. And I'm glad you brought up Gary Bryant. I love Gary Bryant Jr. Like. Gosh, Gary had a pretty good season last year. I mean, I mean, all things considered with what he's been able to do in this career, like we could see him be more familiar, you know, have that familiarity. I think the one thing that goes for Williams is he knows the system. And so you're going to see that. I think that is the one thing that you, that you like out of there, but I don't know his draft capital right now. If I had to guess it's what? Mechie-ish, kind of. I think Mechie was a better overall production receiver than him. So maybe a little less. Yeah, man, uh, here's what people forget that Mechie went in the top 50 as well. Like, I think we're looking more like third round right now, if I had to project. Um, He's just, he's small. I know the NFL is moving to that type of receiver, though. So I I do want to, you know, leave room to be super wrong on that. But yeah, man, I I just struggle. Who would you rather have, Rondale or him? Like right now. Knowing like you right out of Rondale at the Giants. I, I, uh, uh, Wondell Robinson or Rondell Moore? Rondell Robinson, not Moore. Hmm. That's a little tougher. Moore is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think I, you know, I think, oh man, that's really, really tough. I, I think Mario just like, uh, what's in the box type of thing. It could be okay. a boat, you know, uh, cause I don't know what Wondell is either. He's, he's a little guy. He is a little guy. I know. But I mean, what was Rondell's draft capital? He was, second round second round yeah so like i mean i think that might have been a reach uh but when you're looking at like mario do you feel like he can get in that second or third round like i think that's the question mark what you have whereas these other guys when you're looking at what's around him bo collins jojo earl even lorenzo style some of these other guys like you might be able to project draft capital because that's all we're doing we're all we're doing is projecting draft capital here and you're in Debbie, you don't give a crap about college production. You're looking at a profile and saying, okay, can I trust that that guy's going to get the draft cut? I need to create the value for me. And I think that's where a lot of guys get it wrong um, when they're looking at guys like Mario. They see offense, USC, Caleb Williams, and all that. I, I don't see that. I see uh, I see questionable draft capital. I think that's where I look at with Mario. Um, all right, let's look at our guys. Uh, we're going a little bit off the board for me, uh, but we're number six is JoJo Earl. Uh, this is again projection, right? You only played five games last year. It was more used in the special teams, 12 receptions, 148 yards. I don't have a ton. We don't have a ton of college film if you're watching on YouTube or, or the stream, uh, but we are going to throw some of his high school tape just so you can see it. What is your opinion on JoJo? Because he's, he, he, I thought he could take over and be in that role, especially when they needed him. And then they put him on special teams and they save him, got him hurt again. And so he always does this with his wide receivers, gets him hurt on special teams. And he didn't get the play after. I think the Texas A&M game is the game he got hurt. So we really haven't seen that. But uh, he has Isaiah Bond now there, coming out there, trying to compete for that slot position, that job there. Uh, a lot of talent in that room, like we talked about, Tyler Harrell and these guys. Does JoJo make it on the field to justify this ranking? 
Yes. Yeah, I I think that's where like I'm I'm fairly confident that JoJo is going to be the starting slot receiver. Fairly, I you know a scale of one to ten, I give it like a six and a half. I think that there's a chance. I know Leary's a bigger guy. I think there's a chance that Leary earns snaps, and the only place for him is to play in the slot. Um, I think he's much much better as a Z, but I I think there's a world in which uh you know he takes some of those snaps. We talked about Harold. You know, you mentioned Isaiah Bond. There's also Kendrick Law. There's uh, Shaz Preston. There's Kobe yeah. Prentice that are all going to be, you know, competing for some snaps there in Alabama. And that it's an Alabama wide receiver room. It's just going to be the best player gets on the field. We know that Saban will just put his best players on the field by now. So I think that that's still Earl. He's fast. He's small. You know, we're talking about Mario Williams. I. You know, I think at this point, I, th- I think I would prefer Earl. I, my rankings don't reflect that right now, but I need to do a rankings update clearly. Um, just because I think that the upside is just so much more and being being coached by an Alabama wide receiver room is important. Coaching matters, development matters, and we know that that school develops wide receivers a little bit better. Now, I say all this and he's the fourth option, fifth option yeah. in the offense. Cause you've got a lot to, you've got the running backs and that's at best. And so I, I think he gets on the field and we need to see some actual snaps of at least him running routes. That's really all you have to do in Alabama to get drafted in the first round is run some routes. But uh, yeah. I, uh, what do you think of him? I know you said you struggle with him a little bit. I like him. I just didn't need to produce. Right. And my biggest thing is you took my point. I don't want to pretend like I was going to steal it, but it's like, Hey, where's his targets going to come from? He's going to be the fourth, fifth option on that team. Probably I'm talking about Jameer Gibbs too. Jameer Gibbs is going to get targets because that's what he does. And we're looking at his volume and everything there. Like, I think that's the question mark. I think they could use him pretty, you know, if a, if a Brian smart, he's going to use him in different ways. You saw him being the wildcat there on the film. I know he's small, but they could still use him and get him the ball. I think that's the question mark. Can they scheme him enough? Uh, I like him. I think he's a good enough athlete. You know, I have him as my wide receiver eight. That's probably a little low, uh, but that's just based on my projections based on, Hey, he's probably going to be the fourth, fifth target coming off a knee injury. What's he going to look like? He didn't get on the field too much last year. And if, what if they just use him as special teams again this year? I know they brought in Harold and these guys to maybe use them, but maybe they say, Hey Earl, you're going to be our special teams guy. Isaiah Bond's not anything to like sneeze at either. I think he's pretty damn good. Uh, and I do think that he could kind of step in there and, and, and play that role. If he doesn't, you know, if, if Earl struggles or doesn't get on the field or whatever he can. And I didn't really hear anything about Earl in the spring game. Like there was no really talk about him. Um, and so that's where I question him. But level of athlete is there. Like the kids, the kids got the athleticism is there. It's just like, okay, who can he step up and be that guy? I think that's the question mark for JoJo. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's always going to be tough. I, there has been, a, there's been a lot of buzz about Kendrick Law, too. And I think that he best profiles in the slot to start while he starts to add some weight. I think eventually you're looking at a Z receiver, but. I mean, that's all between Law and Bond. Those are the two getting the most buzz right now. I think that, you know, JoJo's got to earn it. You're right. He's got to earn it. But I think he can. Like, right, when we're talking okay. about we're projecting here, I think he's going to be okay. I, I, I do want to, you know, point out, like, he went in the, you know, late fourth, so people are still projecting him as being that guy that's solid target, and that's, that's fine. Um, all right, our number seven, our last guy here, Bo Collins, and this is a kid that I really like, 6'3", 205. 
Um, nine games last year, came on strong at the end. 31 receptions, 407 yards, and three touchdowns. Consensus wide receiver 16 for us. Uh, a little higher on my list. He has He's my wide receiver seven. I really like Bo. I, you know, he played with DJU in, in high school. He got that good frame. Like, I think he's a very, very solid receiver. You saw him in the Louisville game. It's probably one of his best games. Six receptions, 104 yards, touchdown. He's a deep threat. He fits the Clemson mold. Mike Williams type, big kid, be able to stress the field, but also go over the middle. Um, I don't think there's a ton of weaknesses for Bo. I think the weakness is he plays in Clemson's offense. Like, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. But if we talk about him with Club Nick, now we're saying, okay, well, maybe he'll be that guy. I could easily see him being that guy that catches like 70 balls, 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Like he's that guy next year. We're like, oh, yeah, Bo Collins, he's there. I think he's got a little bit more, uh, you know, agility on the inside. I think he can definitely separate himself on the outside and create separation. He's good at, you know, he takes hits very well if you watch on the film. Um, but I also think that he's smart and he was a high producer in high school. The one thing, too, that I, I liked is he didn't really play his senior year because of COVID. Um, and when we saw that, the next year, last year, obviously, he came out. He's a little a little rough. You saw that the first few games. And then he really saw his talent as, as it went. And I think that's where you're projecting, like, hey, he as as he got better, as he started getting played, got game speed, game reps, and all that kind of stuff, we saw that improvement. And I think Collins could be their wide receiver one. Usually, if they're wide receiver one on Clemson, that means that we're target, talking about a you know first or second round draft pick. Haven't seen that in the last couple of years because of the injuries. The offense has struggled, um, but he realistically could vault himself into that conversation. It would not shock me to see Collins be a top three guy after this year if that quarterback plays better. Yeah. Shout out to Mario Rogers and uh, Cornell Powell, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with every single point. The one point I wanted to make is I think he's really, really good in outbreaking routes and comebacks. And for a big guy, I, I think you like to see that. Uh, the inbreaker stuff, too, I mean, he's a possession guy. He reminds me very much of T. Higgins when T. Higgins was young, not to helmet scout or anything like that, but bigger guy, bigger frame, high catch radius, able to kind of bounce through contact, maybe not as uh, dynamic with the ball in his hands as you'd like to see, but he was a true freshman. So I, I think the production that we saw from him was really good, especially with what that offense was, like you mentioned, uh, with Club Nick and and maybe with a boost in the offense. Though I think I think Dabo has too much of a hand in what that offense is uh, for it to be much different. But with Elliot gone, I, I'm curious to see what the offense looks like, and maybe Bo can you know have a, a pretty phenomenal year. I, I agree with you. I think that. Top three is in his range of outcomes. Um, you know, I, I I haven't re-studied him. since I, I watched a few Clemson games last year because I wanted to make fun of DJU a lot. Um, and he, you know, he gave me a lot of content for that. But um, I haven't re-studied him, and I want to kind of go back and reevaluate where I'm ranking him because I, I think I'm going to bump him. I think I'm going to bump him. I think I think so too. Like I think I, I need to put him ahead of Mario in, in mind. Like just looking at my rankings real quick. But also, you know, I, I do want to point out some other guys that we didn't get to. So you can say whoever you want. One guy for me is Troy Franklin. I'm still in the Troy Franklin train. Me and him are going to go down together. Oregon, you know, I think he could have a better year with Bo Nix. I think he had some flashes last year. He didn't get a zero. You know, Debbie Dietz dreaded zero. He talks about like, hey, if a freshman wide receiver doesn't hit that, he didn't do that. He got a touchdown. He looked okay in the bull game. I have him as my wide receiver six based purely on projection. So if you're on the Patreon and you're looking at it, that is purely projection. Like, I think that he could pop off and have that athletic. He was one of the most dominant high school wide receivers in California. 
close to my heart, very close to me. Um, and then the other guy that I want to kind of give a shout out way down on the bottom of my, of my list is Kate. It's Jaden Bray from Oklahoma state. Jaden Bray is going to come in. Probably Oklahoma state lost a lot of guys, big kid, good frame. He's going to be the wide receiver one. I think Jaden Bray could kind of shoot up the board. He's my wide receiver 18, but it would not shock me to see him get in that top 12. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Troy Franklin. I, I think I want to mention his running mate, Dante Thornton. I, yeah. I think that he's got a shot to be pretty damn good as well. I, I like him as a deep threat. I like Troy Franklin more as an all-around really skilled wide receiver one. I like Dante Thornton right now as a, a guy that can stretch the field and maybe incorporate uh, some other aspects to his game. Um, I think he struggles a little bit more with his hands than maybe Franklin does. And I think that I would trust Franklin more, but I do have Thornton ranked ahead of Franklin right now for perceived upside as well. So they're back to back in my rankings. I know they're back to back in my rankings right now. Uh, But after doing a a deeper dive, I I kind of sat with that for a second and I said, you know what, I'm going to go with my heart here. Um, And then the other guy, I guess I wanted to bring up, well, there are a couple, I guess, but Lorenzo Styles. I think Lorenzo Styles could absolutely be the wide receiver one for Notre Dame this year. He better be the wide receiver he, one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They've, they've got a lot of returners, but I don't think that matters as much with the coaching change. I think that no. um, I think loyalty is gone. I think the best players are going to be on the field, and I think that uh, Lorenzo Styles could absolutely have a massive year. We know what Notre Dame wide receivers can do. We know that they get drafted highly and we know that he's going to test well. And so like Kevin said, we're trying to predict draft capital. I think I would like to bet on Lorenzo styles, maybe over some of those guys that we talked about that, you know, don't fit the size profile or even, you know, have a, a clear outlook for major production in the next two years. And I think um, there's one other guy I want to talk about real quick. Caden uh, Prather from West Virginia. I think you know, six four two eleven, big boy. Uh, and he looked okay last year. He didn't really have a ton of games where he got in there, 175 yards. He did have a long pass there. But in that offense, I think that we're, we could be talking about, hey, you know what? He's going to get the targets there. He's probably going to be the wide receiver too. Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at it from a target perspective and a value perspective, I think he's a good value in C2C a little late. Remember, JT Daniels is there now. So now we're looking at JT Daniels from Georgia. He transferred to West Virginia. Mm-hmm we could see them actually stepping up and having that room. I'm, I'm a big fan of Caden Prather, just, just in terms of like where he's at valued. I'm pretty sure he's like wide receiver 15 for me, but just going into him, breaking it down. I know Bryce Ford Reeton's going to be there and I think he'll, he'll probably be their wide receiver one, but Caden Prather is probably going to play the Z and I can see him definitely taking that next step this year. Yeah, it's a good shout. I think, you know, we mentioned him earlier too. Ajayi Hall. I really want to see what he can yeah. do. Uh, for Texas, I, I think he's got an uphill battle though, because I, I think what we're looking at is Billingsley uh, taking some slot snaps. I think Worthy is obviously a lock, and then uh, Isaiah Nior is going to get on the field. There is a lot of buzz about him. That's a guy that we probably should have talked about in our 2023 um, episode yeah. because I think he's going to come out this year. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is there are going to be a lot of 2023 guys that push and end up in this 2024 class and muddy everything up. And we kind of know that happens every year. Chris Olave was supposed to be drafted in 2021. And then, you know, he kind of muddied up what, what the 2022 class looked like. We're going to see that a lot. I think um, some, some candidates for that. I think Rakeem Jarrett falls into that category. And I think that he could then be placed above a lot of the guys that we just talked about. 
uh, just depending on how his his year goes this year. Um, EJ Williams even from Clemson, I think, could muddy mm-hmm. that up. But I think Bo Collins, especially if Bo Collins comes in and establishes himself as the wide receiver one there, um, there are just a, a, a plethora of guys that I think could uh, could muddy this up or deepen this up and make the 2024 class a little more solid because right now, you know, like you said, two through every single other person we talked about is a projection. There isn't a sure thing after Xavier Worthy. So I think, you know, I think that's the theme of the 2024 class. If we're going to do a theme, we talked about three position groups already. Quarterback, question marks. Ewers, Williams, Dart, McCarthy, McCord, May, all those guys that we've been talking about, question marks. Running backs, you're going to have Henderson, Shipley, Allen there. But after that, you know, you have Edward Sanders, Neil Johnson, those guys, we know tight end perspective, it's Bowers and Trig, but after that question mark. So I do think that like when you, if you're going to trade your 2020 for four first in leagues, just know that if it's not going to be a top five or six right now, right now, don't hate it. You don't know what those projections are going to be, but just the class in itself is not the 23 class. Like it's not as deep. It has some top guys. Like Henderson's a top guy to me. Um, like if I was drafting now, I would draft him you know, number one overall based on this, like C2C wise Henderson. But after that, you're looking at it from a perspective of like, I think this wide receiver class has a ton of dudes. They're just not good yet. Like they're not projected right where we need to be, where their value needs to be. And I think all you guys, so there's risk in taking these guys, like top 16 guys, there's risk, even in the top 16, you're like, okay, hopefully they project well. And you're going to miss on some of these guys, um, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's something that I kind of talked about probably three months ago now, I feel like. But I remember the episode that I I won the games because uh, we do games on this show. It's been a couple of weeks, but we will be back to that uh, very soon. And I won one of the games and I talked about with Debbie and with C2C, you have to be comfortable missing. You're going to miss. I missed pretty bad last year on quarterbacks. I was pretty confident that Sam Howell was going to be a first round pick. Ends up a day three pick and now I'm with a, a dead asset. Learn my lesson. I should have listened to Kevin when he says don't draft quarterbacks early. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, that, that was just something that I kind of learned on the fly. And, and you're going to kind of work through that with these with the 2024 class. You know, I would honestly like if you're newer to the Debbie world, I think you'd be better suited to go for maybe a lower upside 2023 guy at times. Um, yeah, I don't know who fits that that mold. I mean, we don't like him as much, but Parker Washington, uh, yeah. I think over some of those guys, maybe the upside isn't there, but maybe the draft capital is with what the buzz that we've been seeing from the draft community. So, um, you know, I don't know. That's that's just, I think in not being comfortable with missing and not being able to miss, if you're kind of new to this, uh, I think that that could be a decent strategy to kind of get you through, you know, as you start to, see what what hits and what sticks out of these classes yeah no i, I agree and i think that you you gotta take your lumps in debbie you're gonna miss some dudes like that's just that's the reality of the format i think that's what makes it fun some people don't like it because of that but you got to learn your projection you know we were high on harrison bailey two years ago there's I'm, I'm not I giving up yeah. i'm not giving up harrison bailey I'm in every draft. I was in a C2C draft the other day and I drafted Harrison Bailey. No, I was in our draft, our league. It was just the college football league. And I drafted Harrison 
and someone's like, find someone that loves you as much as Kevin loves Harrison <laughs> Bailey. You won't because I am, I think he's an okay format in CFF and C2C as late as he's going. Like, I'm going to always draft that guy because, but you miss them, right? Like, these are the things that happen to us. We miss. Uh, and I think that's a, that's all about projection and value. And you're going to do that. And I think one way to kind of get, be okay to miss those guys. If you get multiple picks, you can always just trade, you know, fifth and sixth round Debbie picks. You could throw those in and in, in trades. And then you hit on guys, Javante and Joe Burrow and these other guys. So it's okay to take those shots. Like you don't have to be as worried. CTC is different, but in Debbie, you have, you have chances. You could take some guys like in, in the draft we're doing right now, Lorenzo styles just went at the five Oh seven. You're telling me if Lorenzo styles is a fifth round pick and the next year he's a second round you know, you pick, you increase value, put him in a trade. Like these are the things that you have to do. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I, you know, after we just said we're going to miss and we we suck at this, we don't suck at this. I did want to mention that, you know, that's what we're here for. You know, if you guys ever have questions about any of these dudes, what, what our opinions are, I've been getting a ton of Debbie questions in my DMs and I love it uh, because I, I think that that's an area where, you know, there aren't a ton of analysts out there. And I, I would recommend, you know, asking all of the Debbie analysts, like what they think. There are a lot of wide, there's a wide range of opinions there. I am super in on, uh, who was it? A.T. Perry. I like A.T. Perry. I think he's going to be drafted in the second or third round next year. And so I think that that's a pretty decent bet for where he would go in a Debbie draft, which is undrafted in most cases. Has he gone in our our mock yet, Kevin? No, I don't think so. Yeah, he probably won't unless I take him. I also took Cedric <laughs> Tillman like a psychopath, but it's okay because I, I I have a differing opinion from a lot of other people, and and that's the beauty of of Debbie is uh, you know we're always going to do the work and, and give you honest opinions, and I think that that's very true of this show as well. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, so that's our top seven guys going to the 24 class. Xavier Worthy, number one. Harrison Jr., number two. Ja'Cory Brooks, three. Emeka Ibuka, number four. Mario Williams, five. Jojo Earl, six. Bo Collins, seven. We gave you some guys to watch. Uh, and if you ever want to get into a mock that we do, just DM me. We'll get you in there. We'll get you on the list, get you to test this. Mocks are fun right now just because you can see how value changes. So we're going to be looking at one of the recent mocks that we did. Uh, I'd be remiss to not to give our, our, our sponsor, Trophy Smack, an uh, ad read for us. Uh, Jeff's not here. Hopefully he's back next week. You know, we need to see his pretty face. Uh, but until he's back, I'll, I'll do this. So if you want to do any type of trophy smack, just held a huge uh, live draft in LA. They did a great job having Scott fish down there for charity and all that. They're a great company. They do all kinds of different stuff, trophies, banner. I mean, they do it all. So go on there. If you want to spice up your fantasy league, give some people to stay in your league. So you stop having orphans in all your league. Go on there, get a trophy, get something that you can create this year for them. The code is the Debbie Royale, just straight up the Debbie Royale. You purchase, gets you a free ring. So if you purchase something to get you a free ring, use our promo code. We'd really appreciate that. Shout out to Trophy Smack for having such a great, great product and also just having a great live draft last week. Yeah. And then I'd be remiss not to discuss the Patreon because I feel like we don't plug that enough uh, for folks that aren't aware or are just listeners or new listeners and things like that. We do have a Patreon where you get uh, uh, over 200, over 300 pages of, of content uh, that we put together. We put together the Debbie manifesto that has everything from usage uh, patterns to depth charts, to breakdowns, to schedule analysis, to uh, each team has Debbie players that we kind of highlighted and put little mini scouting reports in. We've got that. We've got stuff for rookie drafts. So if you're one of those dynasty leagues that you draft kind of late, we do have our, 
our rookie uh, guide that we send out as well. Then you also would get access to our Debbie rankings and a fun discord that Kevin basically manages and Jeff and I kind of pop in when we have a chance because discord is hard and I struggle with it. But uh, the Patreon is patreon.com slash the Debbie Royale. Join it. It's $3 for all of that. Uh, or you can be generous and do a $10 thing and we will give you uh, personalized roster advice and those videos are fun and we haven't done those in a while um, so if you join the $10 tier you're gonna win your fantasy league so yeah, it seems like a good investment to me I don't know yeah just come pop in we appreciate everybody that's done it already like we can't we thank you guys enough um, for everything you guys have done uh, we really appreciate that and so until next time, we'll be back next week. Probably a little tight ends. Maybe we don't really like tight ends in this show, but we will talk about a little tight ends and it will probably mix it in with a little bit of stuff. I have a couple ideas for some trade stuff and then August hits and we'll be in it. We're going to be talking about games to watch, some bets. We'll have all kinds of stuff like that. We're getting close to college football, basically a month and a week away from the game in Ireland, Northwestern versus, ah, shit. I think it's Illinois. I think it's Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's not. Northwestern versus Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Yeah, that's what it is. Because if if Nebraska loses, Scott Frost is staying his ass in Ireland. So uh, we will be back next week on July 26th at 930 Eastern. Until then, I'm Kevin Coleman at DuBois underscore 22. And I'm Christian Williams at C. Williams NFL. And this is the Debbie Royale. Thank you for listening to the Debbie Royale. Follow us on Twitter at The Debbie Royale. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash The Debbie Royale. Tune in on YouTube every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But until then, this has been The Debbie Royale.